Syphilis. 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 Is that a word you can't say? No, I'm just... It's a I good, don't mean like... It's a mouth exercise word. <laughs> exactly. Like a word that you need to practice to say in order to be able to say it. Not can't as in, I won't because that's verboten. <laughs> can't as in physically can't. Mentally, physically. mentally can't. Mentally can't. <laughs> it's like moist with some people. I know that saying the word moist here is going to bug somebody. And, and and we kicked off with it, so... That or like really arouse somebody. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Just somebody's just like, oh, say it again. <laughs> into the microphone this time. <laughs> Say it slowly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Are we on? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fucking on. <laughs> you started to screw it around. Like, yes, what? I just, thought, I, I just thought you were doing a bit. Nope. <laughs> that was it. Okay, no, we're actually started. Okay. Hi. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> this is the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. I am your favoritist. I, I know I say that... <laughs> I know that there's a lot of people that okay. like you too. You, you can be favorite. I'll be smartest. That's yeah. <laughs> I'll, take I'll take it. it. I'll take it. <laughs> it's great. I am Biker Mike, and that is Kickstand. Uh, Devin Kickstand. Uh, we still last names on this one. Just leave it at that. I think we'll just leave it. Well, I mean, it's not hard to find my name. I comment yeah, on her stuff all the time. Everywhere. <laughs> that and my people have bred like rabbits. So. <laughs> yes. Especially Eva, your great aunt. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you ever, ever, and does anybody ever razz you on that? Is only like, oh, you, Bron. Oh, you're you. a Bron. Yeah, because I know the only history. Person. <laughs> you go to any city, it's like, oh, what's your last name, Bron? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it all honestly, that has nothing to do, nothing to do with me. Yeah, I know. It's just a very German last name, and it's everywhere. <laughs> There's nothing special. Um, I really find it funny when a lot of people, they think just because they come from a royal background that makes them special, it's like, oh, well, my great, great uncle, like I myself come from a royal background, but that doesn't make me special. Oh, it certainly does not. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> because if your family or although, your lineage was the inbreeding was rich, may explain a lot. <laughs> not that royal. <laughs> okay, not that royal. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but if you come, you if, if you were alive today, you, you are more likely. You got some likely, fresh blood in there just in time. <laughs> yeah, we got laid into the game. Uh, okay. But if you if you come from a, 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 a any kind of lineage at all, you're more likely coming from something of of um, higher ilk because you're more likely to survive. The well, higher ilk are more likely to live. Poor people don't reproduce. The well, same that, and it's also and it's, it's, it's like the seven degrees to Kevin Bacon effect, yeah. right? Like, in in all honesty, like humanity is so connected. Yeah, like you can you can find points of correlation or relationship to some person. Yeah, through a very short line. Oh yeah, yeah. My uncle Mark Twain. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I'm I'm proud of that one, but at the same time, does that make me special? No, no, I'm. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. No. Explain. Explain yourself. I have no idea. I was just told by my mother, who is one of those people who follows this shit, that I'm related to Mark Twain. He's like an uncle because he never actually married, but he had brothers and sisters, and they had family, and so I am somehow related to Mark Twain. Okay. So, like I said, it doesn't make me special. And heck, I might be lied to. Maybe, but I mean, that would be the perfect example of like the Kevin Bacon effect. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what the Kevin Bacon effect, there's a, a game people play of like seven, seven degrees to Kevin Bacon, where you say any random celebrity or person or notable person, you know, and like in modern culture anyway. Yeah. And then you try and find your way to them through connections to Kevin Bacon, whether it's through sharing a co-lead with somebody who shared a co-lead with that and like how it all connects. I think a modern day wannabe Joe Rogan. I'm two degrees from Joe Rogan because I had met Hoist Gracie who... See, there. Two two degrees degrees from Joe Rogan. (laughs) It's not even that far. Just because I I, I met Hoist and I got to train a little bit and I know... It's actually not that hard. No. You know, and I'm sure... I'm sure in that respect, especially if you get around, yeah, you might be only three degrees from Kevin Bacon. He may have been on the Rogan podcast. Oh yeah, wouldn't surprise me. So I'm three. 
or at the very <laughs> least four degrees because somebody that's been on the podcast has definitely has dealt done, with has done some kind of work with well bacon. seth mcfarlane has been on joe rogan's podcast and he created family guy and he had kevin bacon <clears throat> on his show so i am at least five degrees yeah, bam, there Do- done wow science <laughs> oh yeah, wow I that's it nothing out. at all what we were planning on talking about but it was a fun <laughs> <laughs> I found out that a lot of, well, not a lot, a few people listen to this podcast because Amanda came on. Nice. Yeah. She, this awesome. guy's like, oh, I listened because Amanda was on. I'm like, fuck, why didn't you listen before? You know, I've been sharing this shit and I've been doing all this work. And he's like, I didn't take you as a swearer. <laughs> and I didn't on that one. So That's I'm funny. Like, but you guys talked about it. We talked about it. And uh, but I think every now and then if we have people like Amanda on, it's going to bring in the nice crowd to be re-traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, they can't be that bad. And they're like, oh my God, <laughs> they're really bad. <laughs> Speaking of, have you, have you edited yet? The No, I haven't even gotten back to editing. I said a word, but we're not going to tell you what word. It- Let's not and just let their imaginations fly. Well, yes. by the time this one's released, they'll, they'll, they'll already have listened to it. I'm I sure. don't know how much I'm going to cut out, man. I'm like, gosh, should I just cut out full segments? Or no, just... I think, I think you honestly just need to, you just need to put in the expletive delete beep sound. <laughs> It'll be way funnier. Yeah, but they're going to be able to figure it out. So? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll be able to hear it's the regret, more funny the immediate than... regret of. <laughs> it's more funny than offensive. Yes. So vis-a-vis yeah. ergo, by our rule of life, we yes. have to do it then. Yeah. But the thing is, I didn't do it intentional. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it intentional. And I was like, no, it was in passing and I was had, no. It wasn't in the right spirit. But my joke after the fact was certainly intentional. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm not going to bleep that one. <laughs> no, I should. I don't know. We'll see. No, you got to do them all because it'll be extra funny with the extra, like, the beep every couple seconds. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, so I'm super stoked today. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Devin has had a great day. <sighs> Tell the world. Okay, so I am not a mechanically inclined person. Well, you're getting there. You're much more than you used to be. But I'm starting to I'm starting to become more confident in working on my motorcycles. But they're one of my bikes, the Intruder. Uh, I crashed it at the end of last year, almost a year to this day ago. Oh, right. No. Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah. Almost a year to a day, a, uh, a year to this day ago. Yeah. It would have been end of September, early October is when to, that went down. Yeah, I would have to look back at my text messages because you text me saying, hey, you want to go for a ride? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm busy. Oh, yeah. Maybe if I did say yes, you wouldn't have crashed. Maybe. Like I might have made different choices. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, who knows? Nobody, Maybe not I me. Maybe I was destined to crash that day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we already went through free will. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I've been ignoring that motorcycle ever since. I put it away in in a shed because I had Rosie right to go there. And I was like, this is my bike for the summer. I am not thinking about that thing over there. Yeah, especially when it's electrical because you were having a little bit of a, like, you couldn't, it wasn't starting and there was no real reason why not. Yeah, it wasn't starting. It was all banged up from, from going down. Like it went down pretty hard. You know, I, I wound up breaking a couple ribs in the accident. And, yeah. and I was like, but I was thinking like when I, when I was wrenching on it, I'm like, why haven't, why haven't I thought about this motorcycle? Like, yeah. Well, most of the time, because you had a, you had one in the bank, you had a bike you could ride. So it, it just, it dropped on the priority list. Yeah, it dropped on the priorities, but I think I, I think I was avoiding it. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, thinking back to that day, I'm like, man, that day really kicked off. It really kicked off a shitty few months. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, with busting up the ribs, like, you know, right in the middle of, like, super Oh, we intense, were busy, too. Super intense work schedule. Like, it was... It, it, it put me behind the eight ball financially, like not because of fixing a motorcycle, because like I said, I didn't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Just financially from not being able to accomplish the work I needed to accomplish. Not in the same time anyways. Yeah. yeah it was... And not, uh, and also like having contractors be starting to get pissed off because things were getting done, the damaged work relationships. And like, I started burning out in that time. Yep. on the club that we were in and like we went right from that into winter which you which is a dark time for me anyway because of the whole like a seasonal affective disorder yeah uh i hate calling it a, 
I hate calling it a disorder. Glitch? It's, Can we it's, call it a glitch? It really does seem like just a fucking <laughs> mental glitch. Because, like, he's calling something a disorder. It's almost like giving yourself an excuse for bad behavior yeah, or something, Yeah, uh, excuse right? to be a bitch. Right? Like, <laughs> it, exactly. <laughs> like, all it is is lack of sunlight, you know, uh, lack of sunlight. Yeah. It makes it so that you don't process vitamin D as well, mm-hmm. and it affects... Your know, mental state and allows yeah, it affects you to... Your, it affects your brain chemistry and mental state and makes you... Regress into... <laughs> into mild depression. Yeah. and and Which it's... can get bad if you leave it unchecked, which, you know, put me in a bad place many, many moon ago. Because you didn't recognize what... You didn't know what it was. Yeah. So now you see the effects and you're like, oh, fuck, that, that's what's happening here. Yeah, so now you're exactly. able to catch like, it. Once you know, you know, and then it's it, there's no excuse to fall into it again because you're like, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah. Easy to fix. You know? Yes. So, but it still does add a level level of pressure during winter. Yeah. And with being hurt and things going bad in the club and that, it just. And money got tight too. Money and, and, got and you super, went to super Newfoundland tight. and it just whole. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then dealing months. with the loss of the club after the fact, all that stuff. And then starting the podcast, like it was like just, there was so much going on this year and I felt I honestly felt like that bike there was almost like a symbol of what... <laughs> a representation. A, a representation of just the fucking the, suck. Uh, of the kickoff of misery. Not that the podcast is sucky, but it just... That was actually a good coping mechanism for getting through all that. Right. I love, I love this thing. And I know other people. We have a friend that does one as well. And he's like, yeah, it helps me work through my stories. Like, try to figure out what happened. Where did things go wrong? How did I react? Is that Bubbles? Yeah. Again, we need to give another shout out to Bubbles. Oh, fucking A. Uh, Tales of Nor- Messed Up Northern Boy podcast. Yeah. On, um, He's our podcast buddy. I yeah. mean, we've known him for years and years and years. But, like, since he started up our podcast, we're talking, like, all the time, you know, comparing notes and just, you know, yeah. being stoked for each other's episodes. Which he has more likes than us on... Oh, and more downloads. And more downloads episode, for per sure. episode. And I'm like, fuck, you're just telling shitty stories. No, no offense. No, she's... Uh, we're putting a lot of thought into every single sub. Not a lot. Yeah. We're putting a relative amount of thought. And he's like, no, I'm just telling my life. And he's like getting tons. And I'm like, fuck yeah, good for you. But yeah, it's, what the fuck? It's interesting. And he's doing it on a shoestring budget. Just oh, a yeah. cell phone, basically. Yeah. A cell phone and a subscription to Podbean. He is making us look like shit. I'm like, good for you. Right on, dude. <laughs> and, like If you, if you haven't if you listened, haven't give it a it listen. Out, it's fun. It really, really is fun. Like here in... Hearing somebody from the other side of the tracks of what we grew up in, but somehow managed to like have this common life with after the fact, it's yeah. so interesting. Oh yeah, you know, we're just nice, clean cut youth group boys from <laughs> yeah from uh, from northern. Well, I'm from Canada. From Canada, Canada, yeah, and you're too. you're you, well, no, you're from you're from northern BC. Yeah, from northern you're BC. From northern BC. <laughs> I'm from Canada. Yeah, and then, nowhere specific. And then we we get mis- mixed up with all these ruffians and scallions and yeah. turn into what we are now. Yeah, and then Dave is this absolute wild man from a whole different life. Oh that yeah, is, since he <laughs> met us, toned down a lot. <laughs> so I took E, and I've never been on E before. <laughs> so I went to grab CDs out of my buddy's car, and Girl. I was like, "Hey, I should take him for a drive." And then he chased me down and beat the shit out of me. We're friends. We all just meet in the middle. How the hell? But those are the kinds of, those stories are so freaking entertaining. Oh yeah. Because like, I'm just looking, listening to this. I'm like, how is this real life? Yeah. How is any of that real life? And then there's like people that are like, oh yeah, I knew it. I was there. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I thought he was just shitting me. Yeah, exactly. And just, it's fascinating for me to hear things from a, from a life I can't comprehend. Yeah. And be like, okay, this stuff is real. You're like, how the fuck did you make, how did you get to that decision? I would never find myself, one, in that situation, or two, making that decision. Yeah. And he did both. And I'm like, all right, fucking A, let's listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Entertaining great. as hell. Love you. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we totally rabbit trailed there. But anyway, yeah, just talking about this, this bike and, you know, I'm just, I'm elated now that finally... Took it out of the shed, took it out of the shadows. It was a gremlin I was hiding from. And I was like, okay, this is something that can be fixed. Yeah. There's an opportunity to use it coming up. I'm taking a trip to go see my wife's family where it's still nice and warm and basically summer. And okay, I'm going to make that bike work. I'm going to make it good. 
and then we're going to go enjoy ourselves. And it, that just, it, it felt healing Yeah. of some of the negative mental images I've had of, of last year of being like, you know, represented in this bike in one way and then just kind of working to fix this thing up and be like, it's good again. Yeah. I'm going to go use this. Yeah. And, uh, that just feels good. Oh, I bet. So he is back on his little, I want to say little, but it's bigger than my bike, 1400 intruder. Not physically. It's not physically bigger. No, not physically bigger, but uh, I'm talking about CC bigger. It's got more CCs and less frames. So it's like physically smaller, but bigger because it puts out so much raw power. It's just, well, it's just raw torque. It actually is very small, very low in horsepower. Oh, really? It's super low in horsepower, but it's got a lot of low end torque. Yeah. And oh. that, that torque just makes it so fun to be like rowdy around on, like, yeah. you know, like kicking oh. around on twisty, twisty roads and stuff like that, where you're always just kind of in that, that just right in that power band, that sweet little, <laughs> the sweet little power band to, to flick around on. Like it's really nothing to write home about riding on the highway. You yeah. use a lot of fuel, <laughs> you know, and you have it wound right up and, yeah. uh, cause it's geared short. Oh yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's got a small tank, but like, it is just a fun, it's a fun bop around. See, I, I was riding Buddy's Venture uh, for the trip there. If you don't know what that is, it is a... It, it's Yamaha. Like a, it's, yeah, it's like a, a motorcycle that's the size of a Cadillac. Oh, yeah. It's a huge motorcycle. I think it's about 1,000 pounds or so. And You get back on your bike. And I've got... Well, I was riding that one, and I'm like, man, this thing has short legs. Like, my bike, I can, I can get uh, to 120 in second gear. I can get to 120 in second gear. This one, I was like, oh, man, it's, it's that short legs. And it might have shorter legs, but I'm still getting to a very high speed very quickly. So it's not that it has really short legs. It's that it gets to the top of speed well, each, so quickly. On these on these bikes, though, like each gear is, is got different different legs to it. Yeah. Like I guarantee that that's fifth and sixth gear, like mm-hmm. just go for miles. Fourth doesn't. Fourth gets to about 150. Which is odd to me. I'm like fourth in mine. You're you're screaming to 180, 190. Right. See, yeah. So there is, and then yeah. one, and then fifth gear. You're you're just hoping to hit 200, but I've never so done f- it because fifth gear on our bikes is overdrive. Oh yeah, that's our it, overdrive. They're, they're, te- they're technically four speed bikes with a fifth overdrive. Yeah, and it just doesn't do what it. Yeah. So, so with those with those six speed bikes, they have a six overdrive, so they're they can put a lot shorter and a lot more punch. In those on the bottom five, five yeah, gears. yeah, yeah, and they, they it's a torquey bike, man. It was fun to take, but at the same time, hopping back on my little guy, that oh. little bikes are fun. They are. They're just. It makes me want to get another smaller bike, yeah. <laughs> like a, I don't know, a Sportster twelve hundred, or you know, just something that's just small that I can rip it into and make it into an enduro or an on road, off road, something that I can have fun with. I really do want to. Yeah. Uh, so you got your bike back on the road today. A day. My first time riding it since I broke my ribs. Oh, that's great. Did you get the insurance on it tonight? I choose to invoke the fifth. Ah, yes. <laughs> whole lot of nunya. A whole lot of nunya business. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so it is running as far as any of you need to know. <laughs> Oh, gosh. This will be two weeks out. You're fucking good. Yep. yep. It's all good. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> it's winter time now. This, they're done. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyways, so um, what we were going to talk about today. Government-funded art. Government-funded art. Well, here, okay. What's the deal? First off, I hate most art. I don't like the fact that people attribute value to art that I don't give a fuck about. Everyone's like, oh, this is... Like, if you ever go to somebody's house and they're like, oh, I paid like $10,000 for this piece of art. No, I've actually never met anybody that's paid that kind of money for that kind of... Okay. Um, you know of people that may or may not have purchased stupid... Like, you've seen... I, I've seen some art and I know it's valuable to the arbitrary world. Mm-hmm. Or to, or to the, it's, it's valuable to the, to the world, be it for the history or be it for whatever. I wouldn't pay that for most art mm-hmm. because I don't believe it's worth that because it's not that worth that to me. I don't care what it's worth to you. It's not worth that to me. 
if I was going to get art, I would get something that speaks to me as an individual. If I see something that speaks to me, I'd be more inclined to pay for it. And even then, it depending on how much it costs, is really determining how much it means to me. If it if well, it's exactly because stupid because some people okay, the government part aside, let's just talk a yeah, little bit. Yeah, about, that's about, what I'm working on first. Arbitrary value to some people, ten thousand dollars is like ten bucks to you and I. Yeah, like at that like. So, for us, our financial station in life changes our values. Yes. Drastically from what people with more wealth value. Yeah. Because we could look at something and we're like, how can something be so obscenely expensive? Yeah. And it, it mind boggles us. It is, it's retarded and, in all honesty, repulsive. Like, oh, yeah. It makes me sick to think that people are spending that kind of dough on that when I'm scrimping by... Or working check to check or thinking a $10,000 job is like, oh, all right, they, that that just saved us for the month here. Yeah. And then they turn around <clears> and they can throw that at a piece of art. Yeah, they, and... they throw that at a piece of art. Or, I mean, that's, that would be even cheap art. Yeah, you know, to them. To, to, to many well, collectors and stuff like that. But to, to some of those people, like they have so much wealth that even that stuff is essentially free to them. Yeah. It, it's... it's... But so when, if everything in the world is basically free to you, how would that change what you find interesting? Yeah. See, that would be very difficult for me <laughs> because you could show me something that really speaks to me. And when I see the price tag, it'll speak a lot less to me. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, it's real nice, but I, I ain't paying that. But if there was something that spoke to me so highly and let's say it was $500, and then I would have to make a call. One, does the five hundred dollars in my pocket, if I had it, is that spoken for? Does it speak enough to me to withdraw that? That okay, I know that to me this piece of art is worth ten thousand. To me, it's worth ten, but knowing that I can actually afford it is worth. Then, yes, this is a deal to me. This is something to me because I see its value for what it is. There's this artist in the states and uh, UK and stuff like that. I don't remember his name. Uh, Basky, that's it, and or is, it, is that his name? Basky, back. I don't know, dude. Anyways, I, I don't know. He's this really great artist. He's phenomenal. Makes some really great stuff, and he sees how stupid it all is too. To the point where he created a piece of art and he he put it into an auction, and everyone knew that a uh, Banksy, Banksy, that's what it was. Okay. Uh, and he created this piece of art. And he put it in this custom frame that as soon as the, the gavel struck to sell it at auction, it would cause a, um, what do you call it, a shredder to start shredding the painting as soon as it starts, <laughs> uh, as soon as the gavel. So somebody would pay for it, say, I'm buying that. And then immediately upon striking the gravel, gavel, it would drop into this thing and destroy it. And I don't know if it was intentional or not. But it got stuck. The, the shredder got stuck halfway. And apparently, it increased, it doubled the value of it. Everyone's like, oh, now it's worth more. That's it's fantastic. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, uh, it's so pretentious. It's so. But at that point, like, I can see that because, like, there, it's it's a punk on the guy that tried to, f to fuck over the guy that yes. spent the money on it, right? Yes. <laughs> like, like, oh, your your point that you were trying to be all artsy fartsy and avant garde, you know, bullshit make, yeah. just backfired on you. <laughs> and it, it's like, oh, now I can declare <laughs> it worth more. It's like, fuck you. Can't you see that I'm trying to take you <clears throat> down a notch and show that what you really value is worth nothing at all? It's literally <laughs> shredded away. And oh, then they turn around and say, <laughs> no, it's worth more. <laughs> that is so hilarious to me that that whole thing backfired on him. Yeah. Lesson not learned. And I do, the thing is, I don't know if Banksy did it on purpose or accidental or how it played out, but it's, I know it played out and I saw the video and I'm like, fuck yeah. It's not, not to say fuck yeah to the rich, really absurdly rich people who can afford this stuff mm -hmm. or make it. The thing, One of the things I hate is that they are taking away the average, average man's ability to uh, obtain art. They are keeping it a class thing where you can't afford art. Art is for the, the real rich people. So they are just, it's like, no, this is, <clears throat> this is for us, not for you. I will disagree on that point because, like, for me, like, I buy a CD and 
or or uh, an LP, an album. Yeah. There's a fucking awesome piece of art right there. <laughs> like, like, oh yes, painted on it. Like you look at a classic Megadeth album, like like Peace Sells, uh, but who's buying or Rust in Peace? Yeah. And look at that hand painted thing that was that was taken and made you know made to to go with the piece of music i'm like that's fucking cool you know yeah. i'll buy t-shirts with that crap on it like yeah. I'll, you know like you know you you know wife goes to wife goes to one of those kichi places to buy flowers or something like that and comes back with a little piece of something to hang on a wall like yeah technically that is art like it's yeah. it is something that prettifies a wall that makes yeah. a blank space something nicer. Like the idea that art is only that high level or that high fight, that high money level bullshit. Yeah. Like fuck that. No, art yeah. is way more. But the thing like Banks, I don't know if Banksy, Banksy ever intended for his heart art to be that. And that's what I don't like is art that was never intended to be anything big it was just beauty for the sake of beauty and they're just hogging it sometimes and it's like why why do you just need to take this thing that is well, genuinely beautiful maybe because i because i feel like it speaks to me sometimes when i see someone's work and i'm like ah oh, i really like that but knowing that if i got anything okay. it would be so, a printout or what would be wrong with the printout ah uh, nothing right that maybe maybe the human touch the flare the uh the the actual lift off the canvas, just something that you could see the intent of the artist as opposed to just a piece of paper with a print on it. It's like, it doesn't have the depth to it, the, the human touch. Fair enough. But if you did have that, how much would you actually value it? If you could have the one thing, like if, if Banksy himself came and gave you yeah. one of his oh, yeah. one of his things... It'd be like... It'd be a maybe. really hard sell for me not to sell it. <laughs> It'd be like... Because I know that if I sold that, I could pay off my house, pay off... I get 20 yeah. motorcycles and get... In, like, that, I'd, I'd like, be fucking set. But if you did keep it, like, it'd go on a wall in your room. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe you'd decorate our pothole. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we'd, we'd look at it every now and then. It'd be really novel for a while. But even then, in time, it would just become part of the background. Yeah. See, I really do want to get some art for the pothole. Uh, mostly a Johnny Cash painting or whatever, because I just feel like he... <laughs> he embodies... He embodies the Blue Collar Philosopher's Podcast. I think he would be... Oh, he would have been such a great guest. Um, yeah. So, art is such a strange thing, and the fact that a lot of rich people use it as a tax haven and them attributing value to it arbitrarily... But they find all sorts of ways to do that. Oh, yes. But it's just such an such a dirty way to do it. I just, ah, it sucks because again, it's hogging it, does increasing it really, its value uh, unintentionally. Does it really suck though? Or is it just a game that those fuckwads play? Let them, let, let them circle jerk each other. And, and the, go the thing along. is the government, the government falls for it too. They like, make a way for it. Yeah. The government creates a, a haven because, like, for as, it. As an individual, as a person on my plane. Yeah doesn't change anything i get all the all the cool art i want yeah at my level yeah i just I, I guess i just don't like the disadvantage that the government has created the haven that they've created for unbelievably rich people to hide their money and save it from the tax man and be like oh no this is yeah too. but that's a bigger problem than just art yeah that's true there's but special there's, bank but, accounts they make for that there's yeah there's ways there's loopholes but for they taxes. are contributing there's all sorts some of, artists all sorts are of contributing to it artists contribute to it yeah i mean some which companies dilutes. Some, some companies contribute to that stuff yeah. with shit that they make that we buy all the time heck there's an app online right now i think it's called wondery or something like that which mm -hmm. allows you to choose an art style and it has an AI machine that literally creates art. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and it's not horrible. I don't see some of it. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Like it's got, you know, not exactly my style, but at the same time, I don't know the, the niche words to put in there to make it worth or make it into something. So, yeah. all right. So, um, the art world is very complicated. And people attributing value to something that I don't understand how they decide or 
if it even is worth it because we attribute value to things like your motorcycle. We attribute, I attribute more value to my bike than it's worth. Mostly because I don't want to sell it. If I wanted to sell it, I would put it at a higher rate. But if I don't want to sell it, guess what? Like, it's going to be a lot higher. So if you wanted to sell it, you would put it at a lower price. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. I would put it at a lower price if I wanted to sell it. If I would, and if I didn't want to sell it, you could offer me... Yeah, like, if you're motivated to get liquid, like, either to upgrade or to uh, deal with a financial need that, that, that crops up or something like that, then, yeah, yeah. like, you know, then the, the dollar values, they, they go down. Yeah. So they, and they... I'm willing to do that, but at the same time, when we attribute value to it, it's because, no, this is what it's worth to me. Right now, in this moment, this is what it's worth. Uh, you couldn't pay me enough for, oh, sorry, most of my life is liquid right now. I <laughs> Right? Like, but that's not a bad place to be. No. Like, that's not a bad headspace to be in, and I almost think, like... Maybe, maybe us with our toys, with our, with our mechanical horses, maybe should put less, maybe we should have a more liquid attitude towards them. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing to do too. You, to to keep everything, like, I've had a hard time getting rid of some things because uh, like my boat, for instance, I got this boat and it was my grandfather's. I bought it. It's a great boat, but I've never, I don't have time to use it. I really don't, but I paid for it. It's mine. And could you pay me enough for it? Yeah, maybe you could, but it's going to be quite a bit because it was my grandfather's and it means something to me. Um, yeah, my camper though, I got it for free. Guess what? I'm selling it for three, four grand. I, I don't care how much you say it's worth. It's like, no, I, I, I know it's worth this much. I know that I can sell it for this. I don't care if I got it for free. It doesn't bother yeah. me. I mean, like, that's business sense. You're like, mm -hmm. to be liquid, it doesn't mean you neglect, it doesn't mean you, you neglect business sense, right? Yeah. Like, you have to be able to say, like, all right, here's a, here's a dollar number, take it or leave it. Yeah. And be willing maybe to negotiate a little bit within that. Yeah. But that's, that's not being overly sentimental. Yeah. That's being practical and I'm pragmatic. A I'm a little as, sentimental on the boat. <laughs> yeah. As, as long as, as long as you are being realistic. Yep. And honest with yourself about why the price is, and it's fair for everybody involved. Yeah. That's being just good business. Do you ever think minded. that if you overthink about it, like let's say I was going to sell my bike, would I want five grand? What If I really think about it, okay, I'll give three. Like if I thought about it, it's it's got so many little things that are wrong with mm -hmm. it that everyone's like, this is not worth five. I'm like, you're right. I want five because yeah, I, I have to replace it. <laughs> There was, a, there was a while back when I was strongly considering, like, spending a lot of money on a bike. So I was like, okay, you know. Um, was that the uh, F6B? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking of, I was thinking of getting Rosie ready to sell. And I was bullshitting with a guy about it, a friend of mine. He's like, oh, man. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you could get, like, eight, nine grand for that. And I was like, what? I can? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking way less than that. Yeah. It's like, I don't think you know that bike like I do. Yeah. It's like, do you know how many headaches this bike has given me? <laughs> it's like when you, everyone says it's you like, have I, good. I everyone's like, you have good kids. I'm like, fuck those ones? Yeah. See, I'm the opposite of you. I chronically undervalue yeah. all my shit. I overvalue all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it makes me petrified actually to try and sell things because like I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get ripped off." I know I'm, I know I am. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing in life where I know my value is at work. Yeah. Or with my trade. Yeah, you're like, I know what I'm worth, and if I don't want to do it, trust me, you're gonna pay. Because <laughs> that that is a nice place to be, though, is to know exactly where you're at. You know your worth. You you can't get ripped off because it's no. This is this is my domain, where. Vehicles, yeah, I, I see what their mine is going for. So when a, a while ago when I was asking five and a half for it, mm -hmm. yeah, I was like, all right, I want five and a half. I don't think it's worth five and a half. I want five and a half because I know you could turn around and get the same one for four anywhere else. Yeah, so in, in you know you you can't get out. Like, but that's also a smart business thing though. Like if you know you can't get out of out of this enough funds to put into something 
to to put in to get what you need to upgrade. Yeah. Or to get another another motorcycle. You know, and you don't have the savings there or stuff like that. Like, you know, it, you're not being like, okay, I need part of it. I know I, I know this is what it's worth. That'll help. Yeah. But if you're like, I need this to cover the cost of the next thing I step into, yeah. then keeping it is worth far more than selling it. Yeah. And that's where I was at. It's like, man, I know what it costs to replace it. And I know like what I got to do. So if I'm going to replace it, this is how much I'm asking. Okay. So I bought a car for $125. Buddy had a car problem, and he was just going to throw it out. He was literally going to throw this car out. I said, hey, man, what does it need? So I found out what it needed, and it needed about, uh, I think he said four grand of worth work. And I was like, okay, how much is it worth? And he's like, four grand. So why would I spend four grand and make zero, essentially? Mm-hmm. Well, I did a little research, too. I found out it's not worth four. It's worth six. And I found the work for cheaper. And I did a little more research, did a little more digging. So I was like, all right, I'll give you twice as what the junkyard will pay you. <laughs> so I was, I'm <laughs> helping him and helping me. One, he didn't have the time to work on it. He didn't have the patience to sit. He didn't, there was a lot of things going on in his life. And so I'm like, I'll give you 150 bucks. Or he, he made the price. I didn't set the price. He set the price. I agreed to it. And then I sat on it. I sat on it until I could afford to fix it. And then I turned around, got it fixed, got it detailed, did all that work, and sold it for six grand. I sat on it for six grand for, I want to say three or four months I sat on it. Like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. But at the same time, I saw its value. I knew what it was worth mm-hmm. because of the market. And... I was able to do that. I was able yeah. to say I could wait and wait and wait until I get the right buyer. You, you want a tire kicker? You're going to get tire kickers. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like for me, like that makes sense. Like I understand like vehicles have value. They have usefulness for somebody. Somebody needs to spend money to have this work for them. Yeah. And its value is dependent on that. Like on, how, on its usefulness. Yeah. On its usefulness on, on its market value, like what you can trade it for, for other things of the same sort. Yeah. And that all makes sense. But when it comes to art, it's like, yeah, how the hell does a, does a, how the hell is there any market value that you can decipher? Yeah. You can't trade it, for it. Where you it can't sits in a hierarchy. Well, and it has to be worth what somebody else says it's worth. It can mean the, okay, if my kid made a great piece of art, mm-hmm. let's say my kid made something just unbelievably beautiful to me. That art is is priceless to somebody else. It's worth nothing. Yeah. I'm like, do, do you know who did this? My seven-year-old did this art for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that instantly deflates it. Yeah. It instantly, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter who, but it does matter yeah, to you. because it doesn't come from any kind of pedigree or yeah. person... Or, or group of people that all decided together that, is, that yeah this is worth like, something even with like even with something ostentatious like a supercar yeah like you know like a three million dollar <sighs> dollar car like I mean yeah there is some pedigree there is some uh, I guess uh, je ne sais quoi <laughs> yeah <laughs> like about like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or a Bugatti or something like that I saw a Maserati last weekend. <laughs> Oh, nice. I was like, oh man, that's Maserati. But at the same time, you are getting a brilliant piece of engineering that can perform yes. in in ways that blow your mind. Like there's an experience there yeah. like, more than just sitting on a wall and being squiggles on lines. Yeah. Like, so even though this is impractical, I could still see... Like the the engineering, the human t- like the the, the the yeah the human touch, but like the human usefulness, like the thrill, the the fact that this thing will do something that nothing else yeah. in your in your lower tier of, of value will do, and yeah. look a certain way doing it. It, like, can, it engages me, you. Yeah. It engages you. It like, grabs part of yeah. your senses: the sound, the movement, the or the or theater even something of the motor, even the, something less on the less on like the performance end of things, but like a custom chopper. Oh yeah. Or like a like a like an old uh, like an old fifties hot rod. Or something like that. That's yeah. It's not going to perform like like a 
like, like a an, Maserati or a Bugatti. Well, it's not even going to afford like a, my Dodge Caravan. Yeah. <laughs> an old hot rod will get smoked by my Dodge Caravan. But, be like, it'll, oh. but it'll sound like thunder. It looks like sick and badass. Like yeah. it's something that you're you're in and can use and enjoy and modify to your heart's content. Like in, in a sense, you're almost participating in the art. Like yeah. you, you become part of the artist, you know. Yeah lineage by what you do to it then yes. or how you experience it. It's but it's like, see, I get all that. I just don't get paintings. paintings. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> like when I, when I can look and see like the album covers kicking around my house and be like, yeah, that's fucking cool. I like that. But like I yeah. paid. Or even, even looking at uh blue, you ever look at um blueprint drafts of motors, like, uh, like yeah. engineering oh, schematics cool, and stuff yeah. like that. They're really cool looking at the detail, the lines, the measurements and all this stuff. I'm like, some people are like, what? It's just a V-twin motorcycle, motorcycle motor. It's like, I, I don't get it. I'm like, but, but it's beautiful. <laughs> like to me, <laughs> yeah. that's beautiful. I've seen some art out there. But I'm still, like, like, fuck, that's but, awesome. <laughs> Again, this it's at our level, like as far yeah. as value goes, right? <laughs> it's realistic things. Yeah. But like, it's just, yeah, I just, I just don't get, I don't get the the higher levels of it. it. It starts to make less and less, less sense to me. Yes. And we're going to go to the highest level. Well, not the highest, second highest. To the gayest level. The stupidest level is government funded art. Bureaucracy. For some reason, socialists love funding art. And I say socialists because I know capitalists do as well, but capitalists allow markets to just determine what they decide art is worth. Where socialists, they're like, oh, we can't have anybody in our system starving, not even the artists who sit there and starve themselves by not getting a job or <laughs> is is that is that why they do it like i, I don't know i, I, I don't I'm, think so. I'm, I'm attributing a lot of bad faith because it's government and it's a <laughs> it's, it's a body or it's a, it's a, a a an organizational body as opposed to an always, individual i thought you always attribute good faith Michael. on you individuals say it on, every podcast. Uh, on individuals not on entities <laughs> individuals are entities no i'm like mass ones like walmart <laughs> Fuck Walmart. <laughs> Sorry. I know they're trying to do their best to make money for themselves and their shareholders, but... Um, Isn't that capitalism? Yes. But I don't assume that they're like, oh, they're doing it for the right reason. No, they're doing it for themselves. Let's just... But isn't that capitalism, though? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I, 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 have trouble, I, I have trouble always I lining have, up your consistency. I know. And so do I. We are all dualistic in our own ways, and that's one of mine. <laughs> Anyways, government-funded art, I don't understand how we allow it to exist. I I think... Hmm. Okay, so what's what's up your crawl? What what brought this to your forefront? The whole idea of... Because it was something more local. Like, okay. It was something you saw locally that got you thinking about this. So. I, I, I see when governments pay artists to do work. They go to an artist and say, we like what you're doing. We want a piece here. Tell us how much it costs. <laughs> and the artist is like, oh, oh shit. Uh, oh. They, it's a name your price. And I hate the name your price game that they get to play. I don't get to play that. You don't get to play that. With, with drywalling, you have an upper tier of how much you can put. When it comes to government, you can make your upper tier whatever you want it to be. Especially when it comes to art, because they don't know. They're not the experts. They have nothing yeah, to compare that, to. It's like, oh, you're, you might be paying this, but said, you're paying well, for me. Okay. Well, that being said, like, except I'm going to be you and be Devil's like, advocate, yeah. I'm aspiring good faith. <laughs> <laughs> there are bean counters. Yes, to there be, are. To bureaucracies. And they yes. could be like, fuck that number. Find somebody cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> like That's true. But when it's a friend of the bean counter, it's a lot harder when, when they're like, oh yeah, no, I know this guy. He's way Like he's great. He's amazing. It's like, no, he's not. He's okay. He's fine. And he'll make some really great arbitrary, like, um, what's it when it's all weird looking, uh, talking about here in town. No, just in general, just art that doesn't look like anything at all. And then you're like, oh, no, that oh, really like, does like speak post, to... Postmodern art. Postmodern. Oh, that's a word. I can't think of it. But uh, it's just... Avant-garde? 
maybe. I don't know. It just looks like a mess, and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that speaks to me, too. <laughs> and I heard somebody say one time, where the best artists and the best musicians know how to draw inside the lines. The, everyone just assumes that something is art because somebody calls it art, but if you tried to get them to color inside the lines, they couldn't do it for you. Well, yeah, there's there's conventional types of art that are motifs that have rules that you know, so you're you know and and you know a lot of art up till kind of this modern age has always been within like a genre or something, yeah. right? And so like here's the bounds of the genre, and then artists will put a lot of effort to do something unique within it. Yeah. Now we're in this space where artists just kind of do whatever it's like it's like it's just a spastic yeah like blah of stuff in random shapes or things like that that yeah just it it doesn't it doesn't map onto any kind of any kind of meaning that a normal person would would encounter right mm-hmm all it is is a type of material that's just haphazardly put together. Yeah. Until all the, I guess, until the the artist says, "Okay, I guess there's nothing more I want to do to this." Yeah. Here, does this look cool, public? Yeah, and 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 the public decides at that moment: is this something that really, really does speak to them? But sometimes I just feel like it's a giant circle jerk. I really do. I feel like there's a bunch of people. Just saying, oh, yeah, this guy did this one piece that was amazing. Like, uh, you remember the other guys where uh, there was this coffee table that was just completely disarrayed, messy, and ugly. And uh, they were trying to explain it away, how this thing was uh, trying to be expressed to the artist. And it was like, I don't know. It was so ironic and so just pretentious. Just so mm-hmm. much work. Like, I couldn't imagine putting that much work into oh, I mean, mental gymnastics to justify my existence. And I'm like, no, my work is that I I smash things with a hammer or I just try and make something functional. And I mean, isn't all art a little pretentious? That, yes. I mean, because it, it's all some type of, even what we're doing with the podcast. Yeah. It's all some type of trying to leverage your intellect or uh, an, an intangible creativity into you know some kind of thing you can show people yeah i think what i like that we're doing here with the podcast though is the fact that we are filtering ideas through a lens that people can actually relate with where some people, they can't relate with some of these topics because they're like, oh, this is beyond me. It's like, no, it's not beyond you. You're able to think about these things because I'm not overly educated and I can think about them. And hey, have you ever thought about it in this way? Like uh, we were talking can about- I, uh, Can I just push pause there? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that ding that you just heard? Yeah. Was a, a buddy from Saskatchewan that just sent me a link saying, hey, this looks like a cool idea you could explore on Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> so we're sitting here, we're sitting here recording an episode and people are sending me uh, potential, potential ideas for things we could <laughs> record on. Oh, that's great. That's is, awesome. it our, is it our friend? What? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, no, it's a, uh, ep- oh. Yeah, Bigfoot. Oh. Oh. It's Bigfoot. Oh. See, I'm doing my best not to look at my phone. Oh, now I want to, oh, that's all right. Maybe we could slam this one out a little quicker and then get another one really quick. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, I don't like art. Yeah. Mostly, again, if you're going to get art, I know it kind of hijacked the idea, but so if you're going to get art, never get something, never ever never entertain the idea of get something that speaks to somebody like just it's worth money, so you just want to get it. That's it's it's useless. Yeah, you're not participating in art then, you're just you are participating in a type of influence culture that you want to be a part of. Like you, you, like at that point you're just looking for items that will help you be accepted by an upper echelon of people that you want to be a part of. Right. Yeah. You're buying a badge. Yeah. You're you, buying a badge. You're buying tokens for entry. Yeah. Just like people who buy Grey Goose vodka and 
just these things that a nice uh, Mercedes and Porsche and all these things. If you can't fucking afford it, leave the Audi alone. Leave the Picasso alone. Leave the Grey Goose alone. Drink your shitty alcohol. I'm sorry, vodka. I'm not a fan with. <laughs> so it doesn't. It All vodka shitty. I don't care how expensive it is. It's it's just. Some vodka. people are like, oh, it's so smooth. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's still just. <laughs> it's gross. vodka. It's fine. It's good. Just don't think that it's anything it's high special. Test potato water. Okay. It is. If you look into the chemical balance of it, uh. Yeah, it's not special. You want to make it special, filter it through a Brita like six times. It'll taste. You can filter, um, what do they call it, uh, smear it off through a Brita filter six times and it'll taste like Grey Goose, which still doesn't taste good. Not a fan. <laughs> don't, don't care no, for I'm vodka. A fan, I'm a fan of certain drinks that have vodka in them. Yeah. Like it's it's a good thing to give a cocktail a good punch of, you know, alcoholic kick. Yeah. Or get you drunk when you after you mask the, after you mask all the flavors. That's the flavor of vodka. <laughs> but I mean, let's say like I like a good martini. Oh yeah. Like although I'm learning to prefer gin in them. Oh yeah. Because gin actually has a, an inherent flavor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like vodka martinis, like you know, a little dirty, or you you do one with coffee or or uh, crushed up cucumbers and stuff like that. Like, Delightful. I mean, the vodka is there, but it's actually complemented by whatever else is going on there. But you can't just sit and drink vodka like you can a good scotch. Yeah, I've tried it. I used to do it when I was young. It's, it's a mixing spirit. It's not a drinking spirit. Yeah. And I used to drink it straight because I thought I was cool as a teenager. And I'm like, man... Uh you ever look back at your, well, maybe not you because you had a very, you were you were a little more youth group than I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, man, I was so retarded. And I wish, I wish I had a podcast like this to listen to that tell me how retarded I was. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a teenager, just know that you're fucking retarded. I had some people come up to me. And it's okay today at church and they're like hey drums are the devil and i'm like oh no oh <laughs> they're like yeah we listen and i'm like oh that's hilarious oh thank you and i'm sorry simultaneously <laughs> yeah they gave me to listen it's like wasn't bad i'm like it's really good we enjoy it it's a lot of fun <laughs> at the same time oh that's funny uh i told them not to listen <sighs> but that just makes people want to listen more. i that's... know it's great that's not our marketing strategy is telling that's, people don't. Yeah, just don't. just don't listen. We are the least marketable <laughs> podcast. That's our, our <laughs> claim to fame. All right. So before we drop this art thing, I just want to say one thing. I want to push back a little bit on your idea of, because art has existed long before capitalism was a thing. I'm not saying art is bad. Yeah. So <laughs> art, <kidding. laughs> it, it's existed for a long, long, a lot longer than any kind of free market thing or capitalism or anything like that has has existed, right? Yeah. For a long time, art was something that was always commissioned. Yes. Well, Michelangelo. Like other, yeah. Otherwise, artists didn't have any means to produce anything. Yeah. Like, it was like, they were kind of like, okay, I'm just sitting around here. I'm uh, I'm waiting for work. And uh, they'd get hired yeah. to do things. Or they were, or they would have a patron, uh, That's you know, true. take them on like, as be like, okay, you're my artist. I'm your patron. I'm going to fund your ability to produce things. And I expect, I expect output for me to use or enjoy. Yeah. And that, that's our relationship. Like that, that has, that, that's a time, that's, that's a time yeah. honored tradition of how art works. Yeah. And I think our cities in some way are kind of like that with with them commissioning pieces or artists to do stuff for them. I just wish they had better taste. <laughs> like, I agree. Just, like, More really, naked people. Just, Come on. Can everybody just get the fuck over postmodernism already? Yeah. Oh. Just this this inherent dystopian like nihilistic idea of what art is is just dissolving meaning into nothing but splotches and angles and random pieces of shit welded together without any without any image to be brought forth from it yeah like can we all just get over that yeah and let people do something that is actually connecting to the human spirit do you know what really 
art that really I, I love that's free. What's that? Train. You, oh, the graffiti, graffiti on the side of trains, I fucking, man. It's I fucking, fucking love good graffiti. Every single time I see a train parked and I'm driving down the highway, I will slow down to the safest legal speed and I will just be looking at this art as as I can. And I'm like, yeah. man, it's so good. Did Especially you, in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, Alberta, you're flat. So if your road is beside a train and you can, it's going the same direction. Yeah. But, if, just, if, but if all you're writing is, all lives matter or just giant dick pictures like on stuff. Like it could with, be a really nice dick pic though. <laughs> like, but you know, like if all, <laughs> know you, if you're, all you're just being, it's just a, like a douchebag kid, just like defiling things. For the sake of defiling for, them. Yeah. Like, with like. You're just okay, being a nihilistic just, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I like the idea of that, like for talented people that know how to use break hands, like it's like vigilante art. Oh yeah. Like, like. I kind of dig that vibe. Yeah. Like nobody's getting paid. They're not, it's, it's somewhere that sh- it's it put somewhere where it shouldn't be, yeah. but it's still good. Yeah. And it's kind of against the rules. It's rubbing it, you know, it rubs the, the man wrong and yeah. they might try and get rid of it. And then boom, another one pops up. I kind of like that dynamic. Yes. And, 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 and with the train cars there, especially when it's very good, I think I would have a very hard time painting over that. Like as uh-huh. a person, I'll be like, Sorry, man. This is a, this is making us look good. Like people love this shit. You want people to pay attention to trains? Let it fly. Let it go good. Like if it's good, keep it up. Great. If it's just yeah, like like you were saying, all lives matter and all this stuff or what it, whatever it is, just don't don't bother. Oh, what was the one? Okay, so oh, a couple of years ago, one of the houses <laughs> we were building it got broken into and vandalized. Oh yeah. And man, like it was definitely just a so... kid. Like they went, they broke windows, they broke drywall, they they spray painted like nonsense sayings all over the place. Okay, the the sayings that I remember were uh, "Black Lives Matter." Okay, yeah, they did that one. That's L- probably why that came to the front of my head. Is because it was like just these kids yeah. that broke our shit. And, and so we're like, that. "Oh, did did you fuck with somebody?" And there was some kind of gang. They were like something, some crew or club. I don't know what they were trying to say. Uh, they were saying something stupid. I didn't remember what it, LB, L, the funnest one was LGBTQ is a myth. Yeah. And I was like. At the same time, like at the same Black time. Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ yeah, doing, is a myth. So they were, they were mixing, they were mixing leftist messages. Yeah. And then they had a satanic star, like a pentagram or whatever it was. Yeah. And then they had a star of David. Next to it. <laughs> nearby. I'm like, oh, these kids were dumb. No, there wasn't a Star David. It was there just, was, it was a, a Star David. It was a pentagram with a circle. No, they had a Star David as well. They did. I remember seeing it because I'm like, hey, hey, are they anti-Semitic or pro-Semitic? I, I don't know. Yeah, because there was also a Jews suck one. Yeah, Jews suck, but they also had a, a Star David. They had a legitimate Star it, it David. It was just like... Yeah. So dumb. It just all in just like black. They were just spray painting it with like bad handwriting. Yeah. There was some kind of. It was awful. It was bad. That's bad graffiti. <laughs> Not the kind of graffiti we're talking. We're, no, we're, we're praising the graffiti we love is the good stuff on the sides of trains. And if you don't get to see it, uh, do us like Google search. You'll see some phenomenal art out there. Art out there, and uh, it's great. I love seeing it every time. In fact, I'm looking forward to it. now. And, I want to take a road trip. And the great thing about it is, you don't have to pay it, so you don't have to have the inner dilemma of value. And you want to take a picture of it? You take a picture of it. <laughs> it's calorie-free art. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Takes nothing. All right, so, let's let's wrap this sucker up. Art, it's interesting, <laughs> but stupid. And and it's hard to discern value on things. It is. Uh, I guess for me, I, I guess this one applies to me. Um, <sighs> Mike, God bless. Mike, don't be a dick. <laughs> are, we, are we saying that directly to you? We're saying that one to okay. me. You can say it. All right. Michael, don't be a dick. God bless.
the podcast. Music has been brought to us by Kirk the Riffer Wells. He is at Liquid State Audio. He is a guitarist, producer, and the mixing engineer. Thank you from the Blue Collar Philosophers.